Welcome back, guys. Strong back, soft front. It is me again, Emily. Today, I have a very special guest. His name is Ash or Ashley Hamilton. Hamilton. Dr. Ashley Hamilton, if I'm going to be precise. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, we've never met ever, but I think we've developed some weird type of friendship over this pandemic uh, and it's kind of cool to have you on here um, you were obviously on my other podcast uh, months and months ago but this one is it's going to be a little bit different and I'm just excited to see where it's going to end up to be honest so welcome no thank you um, I'm a bit excited a bit nervous um, but yeah let's let's uh, let's get into it hey yeah good so you're in Australia right yep Melbourne Australia <laughs> Are you guys still in lockdown? Yeah, I've, I think we're locked down six or seven now. Um, I think we, we we got the gold medal for the, the longest place in the world for being locked down. So, um, yeah, it's it's kind of become, uh, I guess, the the norm. It's like, like we're in lockdown, but it's like I don't know life any different at the moment. Wow, that's so crazy because yesterday we opened up the entire country like there's no more restrictions in Sweden so people were out clubbing they were like people were boosting late at night uh, yeah. so it's so strange to have the the polarized world in a sense uh, how in one place it's deemed pretty much pandemic free and in another place it's full-on protection and very much a reality still it's it just blows my mind having these conversations about the pandemic now because it's just so different yeah it, like uh, as you said it's so different like obviously you know being sweden and australia that that's different in terms of being the other side of the world but to i guess for us to be fully locked down and for you guys now to i guess be somewhat free um it, it's kind of hard to imagine such a as you said a polarity and difference yeah <laughs> somewhat free apparently we're totally free i don't know if we are totally free because uh obviously you will have to be vaccinated to travel most places or you, i guess you can travel but it's like a pcr test and it's like five different tests and you have yeah so i don't know how free are you really but i think in terms of being in a society i think we're free um yeah but I wouldn't be free to go to Australia and visit you, for example. So am I truly free? No. It's a bit of a tough one. Hey, have you had the test? Uh, well, I've taken the vaccine. Um, I had a, I had Corona last year in June. And oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, most people in Sweden just had Corona. It's like, okay, I've just had Corona. Uh, which is also why it's been so strange to look at from other people's perspective being so scared of it like as a, as a society as a whole like being very anxious um whereas i really feel like sweden because we've all just accepted like let's get corona let's just get the rona and get it over with kind of thing i know that's maybe like a really naive way of thinking uh, <laughs> but yeah like pretty much everyone i know has had corona yeah wow well, see like I, I don't know anyone so when you said you ha you've had it i was like oh there you go, I can say. <laughs> alive? Are you alive? Um, yeah, so, but now I'm fully vaccinated, you know, and that goes on. It's, it is what it is. So, yeah. yeah. Sure. But it would be so nice to see when the world completely opens up. I think that's a bit incomprehensible. Like, you can't really think how that will be. But, mm. yeah, that day will be a global celebration, I think. 
Yeah. What would be the first thing you do? Or where would you go first if you? Ooh. Like, to be honest, I just want to be able to go interstate because um, <laughs> every time I want to go interstate, like up north where it's, it's warmer, um, we go back into lockdown in Melbourne. So that's probably like, I guess, what I can see happening short term. Um, but I definitely want to, I want to get over to Europe. I want to get over to Canada. Um, I kind of want to do quite a, a lot of travel. So, and that, that's why for me, it's like, I just want to be able to go to tra- back to traveling um, and have that, that luxury of being able to get on a plane. Um, mm. Because now it's, it's, it's one of those things, unless you have an exemption or, um, uh, you know, a, a very good reason to kind of go somewhere, you, you can't do that. So I think that's um, Europe, Europe, 100%. Mm. so let's just uh flip this then because obviously you've still been on a bit of a journey since the pandemic started um but more of an internal one and this i think is where i wanted to get you on and talk to you about today um can you tell me a little bit about like what this last couple of years has been for you like what did did you think you were in the beginning because we all think that we're kind of good until we realize we we need to work on ourselves so what was that? And then what happened? And you like, was there anything triggering you wanting to go in and do some internal work? And then what did you do? So it's kind of a long, long question, but it would get yeah. it would be great to get like a continuum of, of a timeline. Um, so I'm just trying to do, do the timelines in my head. Um, I would say the, the last two years has been extremely, I guess you could say pivotal or, or definitely changing, life-changing. Um, you know, we, we have had COVID here, I guess, with extreme lockdowns for the last 18 months, but that, that, that really hasn't been really much of a, a change or a pivotal or a catalyst to, to kind of change for me. Um, but it, it probably started two years ago. I, um, I was involved in a breakup with my, my ex, um, long-term relationship. And for me, I didn't, I didn't take it too well, even though it, it ended in, I guess, a great way where there wasn't really any conflict. It was, I guess you could say one of the nicer ways that relationships kind of come to an end. Um, and that left me very, very confused. Um, I'm kind of someone that wants to know all the answers. I want to know the whys. I want to prevent those things happening. And I think when, when you get hurt enough or something the universe goes kind of like bang. You, you have no choice but to kind of like, I guess, change. And that's where it kind of like started this journey of, I guess you could say self-discovery. Um, and for me, it was kind of like, there was there was probably a lot of drive being like, if I can figure out everything, will we get back together? Um, which led me down, you know, the you start looking at all these self-help books and you start listening to things and you, you kind of get, um, I guess some gems along the way. I remember, I think it was Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday. That that was a book that kind of like stood out and that kind of like got the ball rolling. And then, um, but I also kind of like, I guess, went quite downhill in terms of the behaviors I kind of went in, like going out, drinking, everything associated with that kind of became uh, on the regular. And for someone who'd pretty much spent his entire relationship saying, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. And nah, not even like one drink type thing. I kind of like the pendulum swang. And I was like, yep, young Ash is, uh, Ash is back. And um, look, don't get me wrong. It was fun. Met a lot of people. You have a great, you know, you, you connect and you have all these chats and you, you get your emotions out. And it's, 
I know it's, it's addictive. Like, you know, when, when you've kind of, I guess, broken up or what you feel is a part of you was lost, you crave connection and whether it's healthy or unhealthy, that, that was a way for me to fulfill what I felt was like missing. Um, and I guess trying to reconnect, whether it was with women or like just other people to try and like, I guess, manage this, I guess, roller coaster of emotions. Um, and then, you know, I, I kind of was like, all right, I wanted to know more. I wanted to know more. The mind was racing. The mind was racing. And then I came across John Demartini, uh, behavior specialist. And then me being me, I was like, all right, what courses do you? Yep, 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 yep. Did all those. Then um, did his breakthrough experience. And that was, it was quite extreme. Like it was kind of like a, a big, whoa, like, I don't know. I, I don't know how I would describe it. I, I think it just opened Pandora's box a bit. Um, but it opened it in a way that probably did more harm than good because there was, it, there was now so many questions. And, and this was probably the moment that I started looking back into, I guess, you know, childhood, why you do what you do, trying to link the dots of like, oh, I potentially do that because this happened when I was this age or I respond this way because I saw my mom or dad do this. And it, it, it was it was kind of cool. Like it was kind of like, oh, there you go. But it was also kind of like it didn't do me it didn't fulfill what I was trying to get. I, I didn't know what I was trying to get. Um, it, it, as I said, it, and I started viewing things and you start hearing words like healing and trauma and, you know, attachments and all these words that I think a lot of people love to throw out. And I started viewing very, everything very negative. Like I, I thought I had a great childhood, you know, I, I thought I had great parents still do, but I started viewing everything in this negative way of like, Oh, trauma or do this or, I had no control and I had no power. And then I kind of benefited. And then I went back down into this kind of like going out scene. Um, and then I started kind of having a lot of these conversations that were kind of quite stimulating for me. It was like, oh, you know, you started, other people started sharing their stuff and you're like, whoa. And like, there was a few occasions where people shared things. And I was like, you really can't judge a book by its cover. And like, it kind of taught me, it's like, you can never judge anyone. Like I thought I know people well, and I, I had thought I gauged them, but then I found out stuff that I guess surprised me or I wasn't aware of. And it, it, it really did show me that you have no idea what someone's gone through. You have absolutely no idea. And whether they've chosen to work on it or chosen not to wear it, maybe they're aware, maybe they're not. Everyone's trying to figure out and do things the best they can. And that, that was kind of like around the stage where I was kind of like, all right, this ain't me. I don't like waking up hungover. I don't like it impacting my work. I don't like having this <laughs> being riddled with anxiety because, you know, you're playing with your brain and like um, it kind of started, I guess, me trying to find another way to kind of like break this cycle. And I kind of did the like, you know, the psychology and, all those type of things, but it wasn't for me. I was kind of like, it wasn't the depth or it was, I don't know. I just feel like when you paid those people, they had to listen and they didn't, what I believe a facilitator is being, I'm just going all over the spot, but I believe a facilitator should be someone who asks the right questions, who prompts you to look within yourself and answer it yourself. And I just didn't feel like I was getting that. Um, and then, 
I um I was long story short, uh, graduated, wanted to like kind of get my own business, stuff like that. And I had a I had a call with um, an accountant and they called themselves a, a spiritual accountant. I was like, all right, let's let's give this a shot. Anyway, she pretty much said, Ash, your issue isn't business or what you know, your issue is personal. <laughs> and I'm in tears. I'm like, who would have thought I'm, I'm on a call with an accountant? I'm in tears. And um, she's like, I think this person called Tyron Mowbray will be quite beneficial for you. And I, I was like, all right, let's give him a follow. And I was listening to his stuff and he talked about all these rabbit holes, you know, the shadow work people talk about, inner child, trauma, childhood, all these things. And he'd come out of it. And I was like, this guy, he's my man. And it's like, I could connect to him because I was like, this guy looks like a dude. Like he looks like he's on the construction side type person. He's not like this, you know, I am making a stereotype, but like, you know, very spiritual hippie, you know, color t-shirts living out of a van type person. He wasn't that. I'm like, I can connect to this guy. So I pretty much messaged him. I'm saying, Hey mate, your mentorship. Yep. Chuck me. And he's like, Oh, look, I usually do 30 minute calls to see if you're the right fit. Um, do you want to do that first? I'm like, nah, I'm in. And I kind of signed up with, um, without any idea what I was kind of getting myself into. And this is probably what's been the most pivotal change and I'll get into it. And it was a group of 20 men. It was four months and it was structured where you got given a practice each week and we had little pods and we talked in those pods for four weeks. And then our next pod changed and we got shuffled around and it was what, I don't even know how I would describe it. It was, it was intense. Like, to have 20 minutes in a group where we had to do a live each week or however often we wanted to sharing what we were experiencing, experiencing stuff about us and doing this practice that we were given. And then we can get into that if we'd like, but it was so pivotal because men sober don't usually talk about this stuff. Men sober were sharing all their heartbreaks and they were sharing all these things that I, in my head, as a man who went into this, one of the biggest things was I didn't feel like I was a man. I didn't know what it meant to be a man. And like, I had all these insecurities and like, you know, you have these stereotypes and stuff. And the one, I, what I started realizing was that all these men, they were all different. They were all different, had different stories, all different ages, all from around the world, different parts had the same stuff going on. And what happened was people started sharing stuff. And I was like, are you serious? You think that as well? And, I was, and it kind of started clearing all this, this doubt that you had in your head, the stuff that you never would say, then the stuff you would never say to anyone else, but you would never say to another man. Um, and the, this mentorship, it like, it, it kind of, as I said, I didn't know why I went in there. I, I knew that one of the things was, was I wanted to be able to open my heart again to women. I felt like it had become closed off. And as I said, I, I did it because I wanted to get good at business. And I don't know how to kind of like talk about it, but each week we were given a practice. Like, for example, we were given like emotional release and it, it showed that certain people, like, for example, I, I have no issues with crying but I have issues with getting angry and rage. And like, what I've learned is like when I was a child, I was punished for that. And like, I've always thought I'm like, 
look, you know, I'm a, I'm a nice guy. I'm a nice guy. Until you poked me, I'm like, I know that there's this thing in me that if you poked me, it's like, watch out. Like, uh, it's kind of like I'm scared to see that person because I'm like, like I instantly like start like grabbing my fist and it's like, no one's seen that before. But then seeing that everyone had it, no matter who they were, um, and then learning to like, you know, regulate these emotions um, was, was, it was, it was crazy. Like it was intense. And then like some of the other things that we did was like, um, I always stuff up the name. I think it's like aspecting. Yeah. Aspecting. Boom. Got it. First shot. And it was about like, for example, you'd bring up a topic that maybe you'd have in you. And it was like, you just go ham. You say whatever you want to say in a whatever emotion. And then you go to the other side and you pretend to be that person responding back. And that was like, like for me, I did it on my ex. I did it on my dad. I did it on myself. And that was like, we had to video this and do live to a group of men, by the way, may I add. So it's like, it was intense by yourself, but then to share that and that see people seeing you, I guess, at your, your roars and um, thing. But the exercise was so pivotal because it's so easy. And you could say, play the victim where you see the side that you want to see. And like for me, I struggled to see things from my ex's side with certain things. And when I responded as her with this emotions, I kind of was like, oh, oh. And I did it with my dad. And it's like, I've never tried to see things from their side. And it was, it was, it was emotional. It was, I, I don't know if liberate, I don't even know what liberating means, but let's go with liberating. And it was, it was just like, it was such an interesting exercise because yeah, it, it's so easy to see things from your side, to get attached to your side and not want to see the other person's side. But when you see them step into that other side, like it drops this charge or like things that I struggled with. Like I'd always said, you know, just people close to me, like me and my dad have issues. You know, I, I had this, um, you know, we just don't get along. And then I had all these stories like I stopped playing footy because he wanted me to, and we've never hanged out since. And it was something that hurt me so deep. But then there was the other side. It's like, Ashley, like I've wanted to spend so much time with you, but you never show interest. You never initiate this. Like, I don't know how to connect to you. And it's like, suddenly it's like, Oh, that, that's true. Yep. Okay. Like just, that's an example of how powerful this is or like, you know, and another practice was like, you know, we, we did this thing where it was like heart meditation or heart letters. And like, again, it's like being able to open your heart to kind of break down those walls. It's, it's scary, but it like, you just felt so much freer afterwards. You use any um, type of like visual, like visualization doing that or like. So the, the heart one was kind of like a meditation where we like placed our hand on a heart and we tried, um, the facilitator talked us through like a thing and we kind of like envisioned or kind of went to the place that we wanted to go. And like, for me, it allowed me to reach the point where it's like, I could forgive my ex, even though she did nothing wrong. It's like, and then I, I felt this urge to get on the phone with her and like tell her it's like, for so long, I didn't want her to experience love again. For so long, I didn't want her to be happy. And like, I knew she was seeing a new guy. And I was like, you know, you know, all this stuff. It's like, you just don't like it. But it allowed me to realize that the reason why 
I never wanted to, to experience love. I think I've lost my train of thought is because it's like, I wanted to be the one that was loved. I wanted her to be the one that always loved me. And because of what, because I was so unhappy, I didn't want anyone else to be happy. And, you know, it, it, it opens Pandora's box. And like, one of the things is like, I liked, I used to watch people in this mentorship get on there and cry and everything. And I would laugh. I was sitting there and I was laughing. And, you know, the, 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 the truth of it is, is because it's like, I saw them in pain and I'm like, well, I'm in pain. And it's like, because I was in pain, it, it, it made me feel better when I saw other people in pain. And when you started dropping that and realized that it's like, by the end of it, you, you were seeing their other people emotions and you're like, you know, like you could feel it. You were like, you know, nearly tearing up yourself. Um, and look, there, there were 16 practices. So like there were so many things, but a lot of it was to do was to, to take away what this, what men struggle with. And that's what is a man? What is masculinity? Like, and everything that's associated with that. Like one of the weeks we had to get on and do a live to 20 other men dancing to the most erotic feminine music. And like, it was, it was the best exercise. Like there was a few magic mics in the group and like, you know, all the lads were like in the live, like getting around you and they're like, get your top off. And like, you know, you're doing all this like thing. And it's like, oh, I'm still a man at the end of it. Or like, you know, another thing that was kind of big and I'll elaborate on the word was like, we had to do self-pleasure. Now everyone's like, oh, you know, don't men always do self-pleasure, but it's like, no, because so many men, and this was the act of the exercise, everyone's like, everyone thinks with their dick, but men are so disconnected from their cock or their phallus or whatever you want to call it. <clears throat> and it was learning to be able to give yourself pleasure, to get to know yourself without touching that region and like in the beginning, it was like, oh, this is like, what do we even do? Like, you know, do I draw a finger? Like, that feels good. But to kind of like, you know, get to know our body, kind of give ourselves pleasure without the external world. Um, and like, okay. that was again, like, that's, sorry. The moment of judgment to when it actually drops, where you go like, oh, I'm just gonna, it's this, I'm doing it right now. I'm, I'm, I'm circling my shoulder with my, with my with my finger. It's like, okay, I'm really doing it. And all of a sudden it's like, okay, no, now I'm doing it. You know, you're getting into it. And then you're like, it's like this energy shift, right? But it takes yeah. time because there's judgment. Um, yeah. And yeah, like an, another topic you could go into is like a lot of people struggle with receiving pleasure themselves. Like I know for myself, I like to be, I guess, you know, the giver of pleasure, but I hated receiving. So to kind of give myself pleasure without any external stimulants or whether, you know, a lot of people use porn or whatever you want to use, it was so unknown. But now it's like a practice that, you know, daily, just like in the shower with some soap, just, you know, feeling the different sensations, breathing, moving. It's like such a stimulating thing. And it's like, at the start, it's like, you don't feel like it's you. And then you start realizing it's you and you start realizing you can give pleasure to yourself and it's free. And it had such an impact. Like all the men were like, gosh, we're like getting up early. We're like, got this energy. Like, you know, what is this? And um, yeah, like those that had partners or like, you know, were seeing people at the time were like, you know, this is impacting their interactions from something they did with their self because they were becoming more connected with themselves. Um, that's so yeah, I guess that's, sorry. I think that's beautiful. But I think we also forget that pleasure is a it's in self right and no one gives you pleasure unless you're recipient to it 
which means that you actually have to have pleasure inside, which means if you can't give it to yourself, you're not going to receive it fully from someone else either, which is the same with love or happiness or anything. So, yeah, it makes total sense. I think, and this is the thing where I think women are probably better in that sense, because I think we are a little bit more connected, but uh, it's really interesting to hear all of this. So what else? Um, what else was there? Uh, we had to go into the like bush and we had to spend 24 hours by ourselves in a two meter by two meter circle with just a sleeping bag and a water bottle, nothing else, no pillow, no anything, no toilet paper, no phone, no watch. And we just had to be by ourselves for 24 hours. And like, you know, if it was raining, it rains. Like I'd use my boots as a pillow and my neck definitely won't ever forget that experience. Um, but, it, and this was at the near the end of it. And like, this is something that I realized was I wasn't good at spending time with myself. Didn't enjoy it. And by the end of it, to be able to do this. And I'm like, that was easy. I was calm. I enjoyed it. Like I had fun. Um, and I didn't have this, oh crap, like I'm by myself. Um, that was another pivotal thing. It's like, who are, you know, I, I remember hearing saying, it's like, who are you when you're by yourself or something? And it's like, that's what matters. Or what do you do when you're alone? And to be able to do that and be happy and enjoy it and be by myself in, I guess, an unknown environment where you can potentially feel unsafe. And that's the other thing. All the men in the group were shitting themselves. We are like, you know, everyone's like, oh, men, don't get scared, you know. But, you know, the idea of being in the bush by yourself with nothing. Really, as well, you got fucking, you got spiders, snakes, <laughs> fucking, <laughs> you got rhinos or something. No, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> I would be scared yeah. if I was a man. And it's like, that was like, again, it was just like one of these practices where it's just like, you don't come out of that without changing or discovering something. And like some of the men didn't, didn't last because it gets intense. Like emotions come up. Like when you have to sit there and you can't distract yourself or go for a run or do this or do whatever you do to distract yourself, you, you, you kind of, that whatever you've been suppressing or haven't thought of comes up. And it's yeah. like, how are you going to handle that? Are you going to scream? Are you going to rage? And as I said, like for me, it was, it was so calm. And I've learned that I loved intensity. Everything in the mentorship was like, Ash, slow down. You don't have to go intense. You don't have to go first. You don't have to pose your life, you know, first in the week. And to do something that was intense, but be calm was, was another thing that was, was so pivotal for myself. Um, yeah, uh, it's, I don't know. It's, it's, it was just uh, a crazy four months. And like, cause we were constantly communicating. Like every day we probably had two hours, depending on what pod you were in the small groups where people were just sharing stuff, sharing everything. And then you learnt off them and then, then have a realization. Then you realize that realization replies to you. And it was just kind of like, you were learning so much about yourself by the end of the four months. I, I needed a breather. Like, it was kind of like, whoa. And it's funny because I, I found a photo at the start before the mentorship and at the end, it looked like I'd aged six years um, <laughs> because it was just like, I don't know, just a intense. It'd be kind of like doing a, a four-week, 16-week uh, cut if you were to get lean, but doing it for like, I guess, the psychology side. That's so interesting. You know, listening to your story I feel like I know why we've connected so well because I really feel like we've had some of the same past in terms of our let's call it trauma and our relationships uh, and I think maybe that's why we just 
connected without even knowing why we connected so well. Um, I think my 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 biggest personal journey. I mean, I think I've, it's been for a very long time. I've been kind of on off this journey of self discovery, but it really changed when I broke up with my ex boyfriend as well. Um, and going through that dark, you know, you have more questions than answers. You're looking, and then and nothing makes sense. And all of a sudden, you go like, "Do I have trauma from my childhood? I thought I had a good childhood." Um, to to rediscovering, you know judgment towards others which I didn't think I had judgment but then you realize I sit here with a lot of judgment and you know expectations of other people how they should be and they're not matching up with my like map of the world um so I've, I've healed my relationship to my dad as well it went really dark when I came back from Australia um mm. until the point when I you know you just sit there and you have that aha moment it's like <gasps> I haven't seen life in this way. I haven't seen this relationship in this way. I haven't seen the other side like this way. So I started like you did just going like, okay, how I behave. And then really just going, okay, how must this be received? I will be so heartbroken being on the receiver end of me sometimes. And that just created this like level of compassion. And, and I guess just going, okay, but that's not how I want to be. And mm -hmm. It, it's been such a like amazing couple of years for me as well. Um, but this, yeah, this mentorship sounds amazing. What was it called for anyone who actually listens and they go like, I need to apply for this. Cause I think, I mean, yeah. this is what we need in the world because. Uh, yeah. it, it was um, by a guy called Tyron Mowbray um, and it was called Priests of Facilic Power, which is uh, quite the interesting name. And, Unfortunately, it is strictly just for men. Um, I think he's starting to release some some courses that allow women to do it. But um, I think that's the, the the niche that he wants to target the most yeah. is because I think that's that's one thing that you know I can only speak for myself is like you know, and Tyron always talks at the end of his videos, and it's like men have hearts too, and I think what I what I experience was seeing so much hurt and so much afraid um and like yeah like not wanting to be themselves afraid that you know they can't live up or they can't provide or you know being seen as i guess um not masculine or not being the man and um it, it really was something that like i look at another i look at men differently these days it's it's kind of like i know you have a story and like sometimes you can see someone who is probably afraid to speak up and share what, what I've learned is all men are sharing and all men are experiencing all men have doubts and as simple as not wanting to dance because you don't want to be seen as like, I guess, feminine or not a man or gay or whatever you want to kind of like label it. Um, which was kind of like really, I guess, eye opening. Um, and it's like, it's like, I actually feel a bit like heartbroken. I obviously know this, um, because I work with a lot of men as well, like, but it's so heartbroken, heartbroken, heartbreaking. Um, it's like you're being trapped in a, I must be a certain way um, or else. And yeah, like I can, I can only like imagine the level of like disconnect a lot of men will feel. And I like, obviously a lot of women as well, but for men, it's a whole different story because it's not normal to be vulnerable yeah. it's the word we're coming back to like vulnerability uh it's not it's not seen as something 
masculine or powerful. Uh, this this podcast is actually all about the whole thing about being vulnerable and actually making making it a this is actually a strength. It's the biggest strength we all have, I think, the power of sharing and being vulnerable because it's where we have compassion and connection. So, mm. yeah. Yeah, and, like, even, like, the, there's two things I was going to mention was, like, or three things, actually, but, like, one of them was, like, even other men in the group, like, there was a few men that had gone through the mentorship and come back as, like, leaders, um, and they would say, like, I love you, and it was, like, oh, no, no. Like, I'm not, not, you know, what the hell? Like, not even like my parents say that or something, you know? And it's like, yeah, I'm not receiving, I love you from another man. Like, that just seems weird. But then realizing that it didn't mean they want to be intimate with you, um, which was huge. Because again, it's like opening your heart or willing to, I guess, let other people love you. Um, and that it, it, it means just that, that they love you as a person um and like some of the some of the things that like this mentorship allowed was honesty like um i've made one of my best mates now um from this mentorship he turns out he lived locally to me and we've caught up and share a lot to kind of keep this work going now we're out of this container this safe space and being able to be honest and one of the things is like we had some serious arguments like we we blow we blew up but we did it because we knew we would come back to a place of love Whereas like a lot of the times when you cross that line, whether it's in an argument or you don't want to say things because of fear of like, crap, is this going to end this relationship? Or people get nasty and personal. The ability to say what you want to say, being honest, not getting personal, but knowing that you're going to come back and you're going to be able to resolve it. You work through things so fast. It's like, all right, as soon as we did a bang, like I was standing at his house and we had this massive blow up and, you know, two hours later, he came back to the house and we'll sweep and went out for a walk. Like there was no like charge. There was no, we hadn't said something or we wanted to say something, um, which was something that was kind of pretty powerful to be able to speak up and be direct. Because mm. I know for myself, I, I, I don't speak up enough and I don't be direct because you, you don't want to lose friendships. You don't want to have a never, negative response and you don't want to, I guess, get to the point where people start getting nasty because it's so easy when you get triggered or you get challenged or something um, and being able to challenge, but also support in a healthy manner, I think is, is so crucial. And a lot of men don't have that support. Like you're in groups and it's challenge, 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 fine for you. Who's the alpha type thing or it's challenge, but it's in an unhealthy way. Um, and I think that's saying that that is one of the biggest takeaways I got from it because it now shows me again, it showed me that randoms, can treat me like that and see this raw side of me and see the the stuff ups and then they can still accept me. And like, when you can show that side and express these things and get off your chest, it's like, you, you feel so empowered because it's like anything that you thought someone could find out that you, you had in your head and you didn't want anyone to know. Once you get it out there, it's like, I got to the point where it's like, I've got, I've shared everything. Like there is nothing that I'm embarrassed about that I have not shared. So it's like, now it's like I can go, I can be me and not be afraid of crap. Like there's this thing that if someone ever found out, they could use against me. And yeah. um, Your truth becomes your shield, right? Nothing you haven't accepted about yourself can be used against you, right? Or nothing you have accepted about yourself and not feel like you have to hide. No one can actually touch you. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. But, you know, also 
I think it's it's valuable what you say about the whole thing about argument. I think a lot of people are afraid of arguments and and being um, they're not uh, in agreement. But in fact, it's just to understand that we see things in two different ways. And if I don't speak, you will never know my way. But I think the point here is as well, do we have an argument because we want to win or do we have an argument because we need to actually clear the air and just making sure that we, we, we're acting with integrity and that we speak our truth without the need of expecting us to always be in agreement? Because that's love, you know. How can you, you can't love someone and never be in a disagreement. Like, that's not love. You need to love someone despite the disagreement. Um. Mm. And I think that's so powerful. And yeah, like, honestly, speak your truth. That's the, you know, but also with the intention of I'm not here to win the argument. I'm just here to express myself. And then I want to hear what you have to say. And we can agree to disagree, but we can still find love at the end of it because we don't have to agree. Yeah, exactly. And I I said to a friend who was having arguments with their their partner and um, I said to them, I'm like, the fact you argue but always communicate afterwards and you come back like that's love like love is what i thought was like i used to always say like we never have arguments we never do this it's all you know sunshine and rainbows but what happens when you i guess see the the, the dark sides or when you've passed that honeymoon period and you know you're starting to see the whole person not just the side that you liked or maybe fell in love with and it's like that's love is seeing both sides and then still loving that person. And yeah, I guess it's a balance of support and challenge. And um, I think, I think you're spot on with it's, it's where you come from as well. It's like, mm-hmm. are you coming from a place of love or are you coming from a place of, I want to be right. Like you, yeah. like you said. And I think, I mean, cause I, I kind of, I have been starting dating someone um, and it's, it's very new, but I'm, I'm, I don't know why, but maybe this is like the wrong approach. <laughs> But I'm very much like whenever I feel triggered, because he triggers me, like it's, it's early days. And I'm like, holy fuck, this guy triggers me. But instead of going, fuck it, I'd be like, OK, let me communicate what it is that I'm feeling instead of going, oh, this is never going to work out. Because I realized that I put like my my standards are so high, they could never be met. So my journey now has been like, how do I open my heart knowing that no one is going to be, quote unquote, perfect? And it like learning how to navigate, I guess, expectations and just being more value based in my approach in selecting of a of a male. Um, but it was something that happened because he's a little bit more tidy than me. And it happened. And you know, in his eyes, I will be the messy one. And there was something I did that was like so trivial in my eyes. Like I didn't even because I didn't even notice, but it was so like. And, and I had to tell him, you know, I know that you don't mean it, but it's being received this way. And I can only imagine long term, if I don't say this now, that I'll start react to something and it becomes more and more agu- like ag- agitated and irritated. And all of a sudden it's a massive blowout out of a thing that is so tiny and trivial. So I don't know if it's the right approach to like go, hey, uh, you know, when you say this, I feel this. <laughs> I don't know. But um, it's just interesting when you start talking. So then, because what I do, I try to then also just jump out of myself. Like, hey, this is my emotion. This is what I felt. How do I want this person to hear my message? 
And is this is this emotion even a real thing? I mean, it's a real thing, but does it ba- is it based on something different, like other, or is it based on something that's actually happened? And then, is it worth having an argument, or is it something that I need to just deal with myself? Sometimes you just have to go like, actually, is it just my shit? Like, did I have a bad day, a bad sleep? Have I eaten? You know, I have to go through the list, and then go okay. Uh, and if if that, and go okay, but if I just react. And I say, well, you can't tell me to, I don't know, put my phone upside down, whatever it would be, you know, um, then it's not going to, that's, that's another, like, I'm trying to win the, the situation. And it would instead is like, okay, how do I want this to be managed and communicated without it being attacking on the other side? Um, it's so interesting, actually, because I haven't dated someone in a very long time. So like this dating game is, it's, I don't know. <laughs> it's 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 hard <laughs> no, so yeah. yeah it's um i guess it's like a concept that one of the week's things we had to do was we had to do a live and do like a reflection and a projection of everyone in the group um and it was kind of interesting because like a lot of the time what we you know we reflect is what we kind of like the whole like is what you see in others is what you have in yourself that type of thing and like a lot of the time it's like are you projecting your stuff onto that person um, and a lot of the time you're like, yep, yep, yeah, yes, I am. And and the, I guess the other thing that I've kind of learned, which is the beauty of, I guess, people coming into life, whether it's, you know, intimate relationships, family relationships or friends or whatever relationship. And um, the beauty of how like other people help us become more whole or more rounded. And like for me, the one of the hardest things I struggled with getting over was I felt so loved by my ex. Like, I missed the thing that I missed was the way she made me feel. She made me feel loved because obviously I I was missing that self love, but it's like when you can like kind of see that, you know, it's funny, the opposites or like what you can take from other people. Like you said, you know, you're messy or you're clean. And it's like the other person's exact opposite to you. And then it helps you kind of like accept those sides or like integrate those sides and become a better person. Um, And yeah, it, it was like, that was where a lot of gratitude came from was like, I am so thankful that my ex showed me that. But when I broke up, I've had to find all those things that I thought I could only do or only feel when I was with her or someone else by myself. And um, yeah, like what you've done is like, you've done all this work that you said over the last few years, which has now allowed you to, I guess, open your heart and be able to bring someone else in and then grow together, which is, um, which is pretty cool. I know it's still shielded. I feel, you know, and it's like, you know, you just have to go, okay, it's actually still a little bit closed up. I feel it, but I'm working on it. And also it's the, like the daring, the vulnerability again, which is crazy. Uh, But something, you know, what my old coach told me, which made total sense, actually, your girlfriend, she didn't give you that love she reminded you of the love that you had inside of you all the time. Uh, a couple of years ago, actually, I went on a first date with someone and I fell in love with this guy, like in a night. And we only went for a walk and had an amazing cup of tea and that's it. And yeah. I was so in love with this guy and then it didn't work out. And I was actually a little bit heartbroken. It took me a long time to get over this. I think we had like two dates and it just fizzled out. And yep. But what I recognize and what he helped me see is like, actually, he just reminded you of the of the part of yourself, which you had forgotten that you had. Mm. Um, and I thought that was 
brilliant and, and beautiful because it's the truth. Like any emotion that we have, it's not something that no one can give. It's something that we have. It's just that we forget that we have them and we don't know how to bring them forward. But this is yeah. when like gratitude and all of these things comes in. Like you have to practice the love and the sense like the self-pleasure, like all of this is it's important because you're disconnected from the, the emotions that you're longing for, which is yeah. why all this work is so important because at the end of it, if you are whole and love and full and you have all of these things inside of you, someone is gonna come into your life and it's not gonna it's not going to disturb you in a way. It's just going to slide in and be working with you rather than when we're seeking something to fill us up, we're seeking mm. it for the wrong reasons. So yeah. yeah. But I'm, I mean, it's... I'm not, I am not complete. I am not like the guru. I have much more to learn about myself, um, yeah. but it's like an endless practice. And, it, and something you said, you know, I really think for people listening who have like, what the fuck have they been talking about for an hour? It's like, it has to go dark before it goes light. It mm-hmm. really does. Like this personal discovery, like, because you don't know all there is to know about yourself. And you're never going to know all there is to know. And that's the beauty of it, I think. It's like, you'd like, yeah, I'm definitely made it now. I'm kind of up here. It's like, holy shit, now this shows up. I'm like, what? And then... No. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, that, but that's the beauty of it when you just when you just go in with it, like with full acceptance of, OK, come what may. I'm just committed to learning and growing and discovering and just trying to let go of some judgment, because I think we're, we're, we're putting so much judgment on ourselves that it holds us back from actually achieving what we want. Um, so how have yeah. you seen then this pivoting in your business? Because you have actually, you, you went there, I'm like, I'm going to get my business. And you all of, it, all of a sudden you were on this like really personal journey. How has it affected everything? Because I truly believe that the disconnect, you find it and you have to work on that. And this will flourish as well. Yeah, um, 100%. Um, well, I guess it's it's just like anything. Hey, and someone said, it's just like, it's like a muscle and you got to work it. And, you know, if you've never worked this muscle or like this, you know, this, I don't know what you'd call it. self. let's just say self-development. It's like, you got to work on that every day. And it's like, it's a muscle. And if, if you don't train it, then it never gets worked. And for me, it's had a ripple effect in every way. Like it's given me confidence to be able to do things and back myself and the business side of things and all these opportunities are just, I guess, getting drawn to me without me kind of knowing because it's like I no longer have these barriers and self-doubts and all these things and the relationships that I allow in are so much more fulfilling. Not to say the ones I had weren't, weren't fulfilling, but I guess we've just pivoted in terms of, I guess, our, our pathway. Um, and, you know, I, one of the reasons I said, I, I say now, it's like I do this work to get better at business and like, cause my top goal is to be an educator and get into education. It's like, I'm never going to be able to fulfill those large goals if I have all these hurdles. So for me, it's like, I want to work on this stuff to clear things so I can go and achieve my dreams and my goals because I wasn't aware of how much stuff I had that was stopping me. Cause I like, I had, I had dreams and goals and yes, I was working towards them, but not at the rate I wanted. Um, and I think that if you do have big, uh, big ambitions and dreams that, that 
alone should be a reason to get into this stuff because that's what's going to hold you back sometimes. Sometimes it's lack of knowledge some, and back to lack of knowledge, like lack of knowledge of yourself. Um, so like for me now, it's like, all right, you know, I want to do these things. I come up with an idea and then I'm like, no, I don't want to do it. All right, I've got to do more work. All right, now I'm confident. Let's go for it. Um, and yeah, I think, as you said, they, they don't go hand in hand. Like, it's not like you do this work and that's that's the only thing that influences. It's like, it has a ripple effect on on everything. Like for me, I got into the industry because I love training. Uh, now I know it's probably for unhealthy reasons. And then I stopped training. And now it's like, I'm back into training because it's like, I want to do it for me. Like, I want to feel good. Like, I, I like making my clients feel good, but now it's like, I deserve to feel good. I deserve to have energy. I deserve to be able to move. I deserve to be out of pain. Um, and that mentality wouldn't have come if I hadn't done this work. So, yeah. yeah. So what would you say to any of the men listening today? What, what would you be like your punchline? <laughs> I would say that, you're not alone. And I know that's one of those sayings that it gets chucked around, but it's like what I've experienced and it's proved time and time again, is that no matter what thought you've had, no matter how, I guess, you know, fucked you've thought it is or how crazy or how weird or how much of an outsider you think you are, or how much of a man you don't think you are that everyone else has experienced this stuff. And like out of the 20 men, every single person had, and it's like, we were so different. And it's like, the commonality was we all had those thoughts. We all had those dark things in our brains. We all had these things that would repressed and suppressed and we've all experienced it. And if you kind of have that confidence to know that, well, then it's just about how to open up those conversations. And, and that's, that's really it. Because one thing I learned was people like going out and drinking and everything associated with that, because that was the platform that they had to be able to offload and have those conversations the next day when they woke up, they're like, Oh, what the hell did I say? But it just showed that everyone wanted that. Everyone wants to be loved. Everyone wants to be loved for who they are. And everyone has a story and it's just about finding a platform or a space. And sometimes that's an unhealthy behavior, but they get that, 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 that need, which I, I did when I broke up with my ex and now it's, like I can do it sober and I draw people like yourself that I can have those conversations. So yeah. The, the takeaway would be is you're not alone. All men experience it. It's just about opening up those conversations and you'll realize that people actually want to have those chats. Mm. I think when you come to Europe, we'll go to like Berlin and we'll do that sexy dance sober in like Kit Kat Club or something. Then we, we're going to try it. We're going to try it out. <laughs> no, no, sounds good. Um, I want to say thank you for coming on. I think this has been such an interesting conversation. I'm sure we're going to maybe even talk more about this later later on in another episode. Uh, so thank you. No worries. Um, if people want to reach out to you, where can they find you? Um, on Instagram is dr.ashhamilton. Um, that's pretty much where I post my ideas, thoughts, and everything surrounded, I guess, my industry and a bit about who I am. Awesome. And then make sure that you share this with people that needs to hear it. And uh, I'll be back with another guest and another monologue. Uh, thank you for listening in and goodbye.